we set ourselves up for these expectations. If you have one big winner, then you've got to replace that with this or something better, right? Yeah. And so it's like the lesson is there that not everything's going to be a smash hit. I, I don't want Dear Universe to be a one-hit wonder, but we have to open ourselves up to the possibility that if something doesn't work out, it's not meant to, because what is meant for you will manifest. Welcome to the Mainly Moonology podcast. I'm your host, Yasmin Boland, an award-winning astrologer and the Sunday Times best-selling author of books including Moonology and creator of the Moonology Oracle Cards. My intention for this podcast is to help you understand how you can create your dream life using Mainly Moonology, the moon, as your guide. There was this thing on the internet called the make everything okay button and uh, you click it and it says making everything okay is in progress and there have been times in my life where things haven't been okay and I've gone to the make everything okay button and I've clicked it because I do think it helps you know this week honestly everything might not be perfect but it is going in the right direction so that's something so for a start this week we have the planet of love and abundance venus moving into the sign of scorpio now if you happen to be scorpio or scorpio rising or for that matter taurus or taurus rising in particular that's actually lovely news for you because venus is either moving into your sign or moving into your um love zone if you don't know what your rising sign is find out for free at moonmessages.com forward slash free chart and you know wherever venus is for you now is where you're going to get love and abundance and all good things especially because december 5 Venus is actually going to be making a harmonious connection to the planet Saturn, which is absolutely lovely. It's like a blessing. So we've got Venus, the planet of love and abundance, harmoniously aligning with Saturn, the planet that's about longevity and being serious and commitment and doing things long term and so on. So it's sort of like a time where it's a really good time to make plans, make financial plans, plans for your business, but also on a personal level, it's a really nice time if you uh, if there's someone in, in your life that you love and you want to make things more serious or get to some kind of commitment, or even if you want some kind of you know increased stability in your life, it's a very, very positive sign. And, uh, and then we're going to have Neptune, the planet of confusion which has been going backwards uh, for quite a few weeks and months now, on the 6th of December, Neptune is going to start moving forwards again in the sign of Pisces. Now, what this suggests as well is having Neptune going backwards can mean there's been a period of confusion. You haven't really known what's happening. You've had to live with uncertainty. So now as Neptune changes directions and starts to go forward again, there's a very good chance there could be a bit more clarity coming your way, if not now, then very, very soon. And then we all also have this week a really nice link between the sun and Chiron. The sun is the focus. It's also our ego. Chiron is the, the wounded healer, 
Chiron is about us. Sometimes it can be about putting our foot down and saying, I'm not going to put up with that. That's as much as I'm going to take. And it's about drawing a line in the sand. But it can also be about healing, a lot to do with healing. So there is healing in the air this week, um, especially around December 8th, which is the Friday. So as we go into the weekend, it can be a healing time. And also adding weight to that is the fact that Mercury and Jupiter are meeting up um, around the same time as the Chiron link on the Friday. Mercury is the communications planet. So whenever Mercury is making a harmonious alignment to Jupiter, for one thing, you know, if you've been struggling with someone you don't know what to say and it's all a bit awkward and weird, that will make things better on Friday, uh, especially actually on Thursday night, but also Friday, uh, depending on where you are in the world. And also it makes it so it's easier to talk. You can have that difficult conversation. Hopefully, you know, Mercury to Jupiter like that can literally translate as good news. Hopefully it's good news for the world. Hopefully it's good news for uh, you and me on a personal level, that sort of thing. But definitely um, the week ends strong. And then we actually get Venus, as I said, the planet of love and abundance on the 10th, that's Sunday. So that's the last day of the week before next week's podcast will kick in. But Venus harmonizing with Jupiter, Venus, love and abundance, and Jupiter, you know, all good things, all positive things. So it really looks like quite a nice weekend, you know, a nice week and then a nice weekend, which is really good because, you know, it has been rather up and down lately. I know a lot of people out there have been suffering. So, you know, this is a really positive kind of uh, turnaround this week. And I just wanted to give you a little bit of advance warning for next week. Uh, we are actually going to um, then go into a Mercury retrograde next week in the sign of Capricorn. So if you know where Capricorn is in your chart, that's where you're going to have some second chances, but also potential for a bit of confusion. More about that next week. Um, I, I really would encourage you, if you're into manifesting, to just make a note of the fact that this week is overall positive. So stay positive. Do your walking in nature, do your meditations, do your chanting, do whatever you do, your oracle card, your journaling, whatever you do, just try and stay centered, your yoga, your tai chi, tapping. Try and stay as centered as you can and get yourself kind of back in alignment, especially if 2023 has been tumultuous for you, because the more in alignment you are, the better a manifester you are going to be. And speaking of manifesting, this week, my guest is the amazing manifesting teacher, Sarah Prout, who I'm a huge, huge fan of. If you're listening on the audio podcast, don't have to do anything. She's about to come up. If you're watching on YouTube or watching anywhere else, there is a separate video featuring Sarah. Sarah and I had a really lovely chat uh, a couple of weeks ago now about manifesting, how to make it work for you. And um, also about, you know, how manifesting teachers like Sarah cope when life sends you a curveball. How do you stay positive in the midst of chaos? How do you stay positive when things are difficult? So it's a brilliant uh, interview. She's a brilliant teacher. I really love Sarah. I'm very grateful that she came on. And uh, I'm going to throw you over to my interview now with the amazing Sarah Prout. Have a beautiful week and I hope to speak to you next week. So this week on the Mainly Immunology podcast, I have someone who has just inspired me so much. 
you you kind of in a way got me onto podcasts because you were quite an early adopter of the sort of mainstream of podcasts the the recent wave in the last sort of three or four or five years wasn't it uh and really you know you've been such a trailblazer in getting getting all this information out to people so before we launch into a conversation, let me just say Sarah is probably the number one manifesting teacher in the world, in my humble opinion. I'm up there with the moon manifesting and Sarah's like overall manifesting and just brilliant at what she does. And everybody loves your work, Sarah. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What an introduction. <laughs> I'm a fellow Aussie. So in a nutshell, and again, I'm going to just speak to Sarah for a second. In a nutshell, Sarah's kind of story is that she had a really shitty time in her 20s, ended up pretty much broken, destitute, leaving a very difficult marriage, decided that really she should pull herself up by her bootstraps, already knew about the law of attraction, started to practice what she preached, turned her life around by actually journaling a lot, as, as I recall, and, and she was just showing me before we, we came on here, she's got her own journal now, which is a nice sort of completion of that circle, which we'll talk about in a minute. And uh, it's now runs a multi-million dollar pound yen company um, and teaches people to manifest. So with all that said, Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much, Yasmin. <laughs> Tell me, Sarah, when it comes to manifesting, I mean, if you could start off by telling people what do they really need to know about manifesting what do you think is the thing that maybe there's a misconception and you know bearing in mind my audience knows about manifesting my audience loves manifesting um but probably struggles with it you know I always say well if it's a bit hit and miss at the moment maybe it's because you're not doing it at the right time of the lunar cycle but mm. you probably also have theories about you know what what is it that people need to know about manifesting because I feel like people like you and I hope me are really showing people that this stuff isn't airy-fairy mumbo-jumbo. The other person that springs to mind is actually Colette Barron-Reed, who I know um, from my Hey Housework. You know, we talk about that as well, that, you know, you do this long enough, you start to realise it's actually 100% real. So mm -hmm. over to you. What do you reckon? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it, well, it, it is a lifestyle choice when you bring that awareness that you have the power to create your own reality into your everyday life. And so I think one of the common misconceptions is that manifesting is difficult or it's overwhelming or it's something that happens to other people. And so when you can really bring it down to the basics of what if you manifested your day with more intention and you set that intention at the beginning of your day that you just wanted to maybe react a little less uh, on, a, on a grumpy level with your kids, for instance, what if your manifestations were guiding your emotions? And so that's my work. I teach people that it's your thoughts and your emotions and also your inspired actions that manifest your reality. And so it's your feelings that are the manifestation, which is it's such a common misconception. There are so many manifestation teachers out there that have been popping up over the last few years that seem to have been manifesting maybe for 15 minutes and yeah. now, now they're teaching it. And I, I remember that stage. It's like, they're, they're skipping the steps because it is internal work. And yes, it is working with external forces or even internal forces that help us to guide our emotions. So yes, the moon influences our emotions very strongly and heavily, as you know. And so when we, when we remember that we're cyclic beings and we can work with those cycles, then our emotions don't seem so overwhelming and we can guide our emotions to that better place that opens up our field 
to manifest our desires. I have so many questions for you. I will just say um, another person who who sort of helped me on my path was, is um, Sonia Choquette, and mm. uh, she's amazing. And she was very she very interestingly pointed out to me this again. This is pre pandemic, so say I don't know three four years five years ago maybe now fifteen years ago yeah, fifteen like. years ago who even knows anymore yeah. uh, that the moon is the perfect conduit for manifesting, mm. which I. I just came to manifesting, I don't even know, like maybe 20 years ago, uh, I think from a meditation course I did where I was told I was creating my own reality and I was like, what? Mm. Um, yeah. And then the moon and then astrology and then I put it all together. But what she said is the moon actually in astrology, which obviously I know, is about emotions and mm. what through we, what do we manifest? We manifest through our emotions, which is probably mm -hmm. one of the reasons why, you know, um, Moonology and manifesting seems to work. So mm -hmm. can I hit you with a, a bit of a hard-hitting question? And I Go didn't check this with you beforehand, <laughs> so I hope it's okay. I, don't mind. <laughs> um, I know you've been public about it anyway. I know you've had a bit yeah. of a skin cancer scare. Yes, yes. Are you okay? I'm good. I'm good. I've had two uh, basal cell carcinomas, one on my face. I had surgery in January this year. So that is what sprang to mind for me when I was thinking about you know, how hard it can be for people to stay in a good mindset when mm -hmm. the SHIT hits the fan. So mm -hmm. obviously for you, you know, you've been through this thing and just the word scares people. Oh, so wow. can you give us some tips, you know, maybe someone's listening has just lost their job, you know, and that's mm -hmm. serious and they're yeah. really thinking how the F am I going to pay my mortgage or whatever, you know, yeah. when you had that health scare. People who are listening will be having health scares. How do you continue to manifest, you know, mm -hmm. and not go down the rabbit hole of, oh, my God, that's it? Well, I, I think so many people can relate to this, that it is about allowing yourself to have the moment so you're not spiritually bypassing. You are processing those, what the F is going on here and how do I manage this? And then it comes the invitation from the universe, which I believe is getting comfortable with uncertainty. Now, this is really the magic of manifestation. Hard one. So it's really hard. It is so hard and it takes practice. And especially with something like skin cancer, I'm a manifesting teacher. Why did I manifest skin cancer? Why did I manifest, you know, all the miscarriages that I went through, you know, nearly a decade ago? It's the opportunity to get comfortable with not knowing the outcome. And then you can soothe yourself in the moment. It actually brings you to that point of power, which is now, because you realize that I have no control. You know, when you have that biopsy and you're waiting for the results and then you're waiting for that call, it can go either way, right? But how the control that you do have is how you react and respond to it. So when I first had skin cancer on the back of my leg, I was freaking out like, oh, I just want it off me. You know, I just want the surgery straight away. But thankfully, skin cancer is actually very slow growing in a lot of situations. So it gave me the time to really slow down and realize it's all happening in its own perfect timing. And it's that trust in the universe, that trust that things are going to be okay, even when they may not be okay. Because we're still here, right? There's people that have terminal di uh, terminal diagnosis, yeah. which is heartbreaking. But then they realize, they make the pivot. A lot of my clients have worked in, in that um, that field where they're facing you know, maybe the loss of a job or the loss of a partner or devastating news. But it's that invitation, that sacred invitation that rises up of be here now. And I'm, I'm so grateful to 
to be able to talk about this now. Actually, no one's asked me about my skin cancer, so thanks for thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, no, because I I remember like when I read about it. Obviously, I was concerned for you, uh, uh, but and I don't ask. Well, she's a manifesting teacher. Why did she manifest that? Because I know that being a manifesting teacher does not preclude you from having things to deal with. Because otherwise. You know, there's no point to life. We all have stuff to deal with. I, I did sort of think it was a good example of how an expert can sort of stay because it is in some ways it does come down to a positive mindset and a, a feeling of trust in your heart, a feeling of being protected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in some ways just to relate it to what I do, I suppose that it, for me it relates a bit to what I do at Full Moon, which is surrendering. And just mm. saying, you know, to the divine and just saying, well, whatever it is, it is, and I have to accept it and I'm going to sit with it and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, okay, well, thank you for, mm. for talking about that. And it's good to know, you know, that even you had a few days crying and processing because, like you say, you have to sit with this stuff. You can't just, you know, sweep it under the carpet and pretend it's not happening because yeah, there's a bit of that about. There, there really is, and I think especially with skin cancer, it's a cellular level experience Mm. and so skin cancer it's so often people that grew up in Australia like we did right they they deal with this kind of thing all the time it's so common and so looking back when was the damage done probably around 20 years ago and then looking at at a metaphysical level where was I 20 years ago I was in a really unhappy marriage and so that's kind of popped up yeah yeah it's so true and you know maybe 20 years ago you didn't have the tools that you have now yeah Uh, you know, because I find now, touch wood, you know, if I go th- through something very difficult, I do try and do so much self-care mm-hmm. um, to try to avoid this exact thing. And the reason why I found out about it was because uh, there was someone very close to me who developed uh, cancer and um, and he asked the surgeon, well, how long has it been there? And the surgeon said about two years, which was exactly when he'd gone through it big, big life trauma. And it made me realize like you have to keep, that's why we have to keep processing. And I mean, I haven't, I was saying to you before we 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 started recording that I haven't hadn't seen enough of you in my Facebook feed lately, but I know that you tend to do things like going walking and, you know, just yeah. at the moment you're living in the Hamptons mm-hmm. just because you wanted to and you want to, you know, look after mm-hmm. yourself. So all that is brilliant, brilliant. Mm. Um, another thing I wanted to talk to you about was last time, in fact, I think the, the last time you came on my podcast probably was about five years ago, unless I'm forgetting one in the in the meantime. Yeah. And I remember you telling me, again, so I'm saying it's public, I'm not telling <laughs> tales or anything, but mm-hmm. you said that you just had your first million-dollar year, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So can you just talk to us about your feelings to do with anyone who's listening who's really struggling with abundance because I know that's one of your special subjects Mm -hmm. and you've literally dragged yourself up from not having enough money to feed your kids after you Mm -hmm. exited the the marriage to, you know, this business which is just thriving and, and, you know, I mean, obviously it's much more than that. It's helping people and and it's teaching people and it's changing the world. But... Talk to us about that, you know, the million dollar year or the million dollar years and mm-hmm. and how you feel about all that. I, it's, I still have to pinch myself that it's even possible to earn money doing what you love and helping people. And yeah. I think it, it keeps you humble too, because it's really important to distinguish that having a million dollar a year doesn't mean that you get to keep a million dollars because you have to 
spend money to make money. So I think that you can really fall into the trap of the illusion when people say, I've got a seven figure business. And you're like, yeah, but how much did it cost you to make that money? So we're still trying to find that balance where it's more profit margins than it is saying that we made a million dollars. But we've consistently done that year after year. I mean, I think we've made over $10 million now since the business started and it continues to grow. But the evolution that has to happen and the willingness to pivot, especially with different uh, climates financially and different needs for the audience it's possible. And so for anybody listening or watching right now, it is important to remember to keep that abundance mindset because abundance means different things to different things to so many different people. Yeah. And so just say, for example, I mean, just to try and make it as practical as possible for people who are listening, just say, for example, I remember back in the day when I was basically relying on writing horoscopes and mm. somehow I'd managed to score this crazily well-paid gig in the States Uh, where I was actually getting, I will tell you, about $95,000 a year for writing horoscope. I mean, I can tell you that doesn't happen now. (laughs) Um, And and so, you know, that was massive. And and then I remember just one day waking up and opening up my email and suddenly this gig was gone. And, uh, I mean, this was like (laughs) 10 probably 12 years ago now, so it's okay. I've, I've well and truly recovered and it taught me lots of lessons. I I mean, I guess I'm asking you, but I'll tell you what I did. So, I mean, obviously, first of all, I panicked. Mm -hmm. Uh, I kind of wrote to the people and tried to change their mind. (laughs) That's good. That's Um, good. (laughs) Yeah. And then um, I asked my cousin, who's a self-made billionaire in Mm -hmm. property, Oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> instead of, and he's a very loving, caring, nurturing guy. But instead of saying, Oh, Yasmin, you know, I'm so sorry. I, you know, it's all going to be okay. He was like, Yasmin, why did you leave yourself so exposed? Um, you know, like having yeah. so much from just one client and then letting the others slightly slide a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I spoke to, uh, actually, she's a, I won't say who it is but she's quite a well-known influencer in Australia and she wrote something not to me but she talked about how in the freelance life gigs come gigs go Mm -hmm. and that really helped me to just go yeah you know what my cousin is right I shouldn't put all my eggs in one basket gigs come they go so I guess I kind of stumbled onto a way of then turning it into a lesson and thinking, right, mm-hmm. you know, if this can happen, I need to protect myself and future-proof myself and maybe have different streams of income and so on. But that's so that's how I've kind of answered the question from my perspective. What about you, like people who are listening who are having a money nightmare and thinking, oh. how am I going to cope? Again, about mindset. Is it is it about sitting in uncertainty or is it, of course, taking inspired action or what? You have to take act. You definitely have to take action. And especially when you feel really overwhelmed, you have to take one day at a time, which is what I did when I was a single mum living on welfare. That was the only choice I had because thinking into the future really stopped me. It froze me in, in any action. I wasn't going to be able to take any action if yeah. I was thinking too much. And so you really have the option of two choices when you need to attract money you can think creatively and then you have to do what your cousin suggested and don't leave yourself open so it has to be like a a mix of the mystical and the practical which I feel like there's this beautiful bridge where those two components meet and so often you know I find myself worrying you know well, what if this doesn't work out so for instance uh, my book Dear Universe which is what our new journal brand is based on that had fantastic success we sold a hundred thousand copies 
you know, it's been translated into 10 different languages. And then my latest book, Be the Love, came out last year and I expected the same results and it didn't happen. And that's just normal. And so we set ourselves up for these expectations. If you have one big winner, then you've got to replace that with this or something better, right? Yeah. And so it's like the the lesson is there that not everything's going to be a smash hit. I, I don't want Dear Universe to be a one-hit wonder, but we have to open ourselves up to the possibility that if something doesn't work out, it's not meant to because what is meant for you will manifest. So yeah. saying goodbye to 95000 bucks a year, though, is tough. But then other streams open up. So that's where it gets really exciting and creative. And if anything, it ultimately helped me because, in fact, in the same period, I I was also, it was when I was writing for a magazine in Australia. You probably had left Australia by then. Were you there when Madison Magazine was on sale? I was was there. I mean, that's how I knew who you were, Yasmin. I remember Ah. my mum used used to read your column every single Ah. week. And when she found out that I knew you, she's like, you know Yasmin Bolton. <laughs> so, okay, well, Madison then closed as well, which was sad for everybody, especially the team who worked on it. But it was yeah. sort of around the same time. And I remember that's one of the reasons why I became an entrepreneur because I realised I couldn't just be subject to the vagaries of the publishing market, of journalism, yes. of people, you know, axing my column overnight with no no reason or anything like that. So let's talk about, so it helped, in other words, is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Um, And there were lessons that I learned. But Mm -hmm. let's talk about as well being a boss, okay, Mm -hmm. because I think you said, I actually don't, not sure about this. I feel like you seem to come at your work from a very feminine point of view. I don't know if you have said in the past that you've been a bit yang, a bit masculine, trying too hard and then realising it was better to just sort of, be more in the flow. I know people like Rebecca Campbell who wrote Light is the New Black Mm. and Rise is to Rise and all those books. She has said that to me. I've definitely been through that of being feeling like I've got to do it all. So I had sort of two questions because, again, a lot of our listeners will be thinking about starting their own spiritual business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do you do it? Stay lovely, stay calm. And also (laughs) I'm curious, how do you deal with the haters and the people say oh you shouldn't be charging for what you're teaching and and that sort of stuff it's such a powerful topic so how do you start you just start because I think we've never lived in a more incredible time in history than to start your own business and to build your own platform so whatever that looks like to you self-publish that book uh you know do all those things that you can do start connecting with people on social media and building community So if you want to make money, you build trust within those communities. That is like the bottom line that's going to have to continue for as long as you're an entrepreneur. (laughs) And then secondly, the the feminine energy. I am lucky enough that I get to work with my husband. He's the CEO of our companies. And what that does is he organizes everything because I am not wired the way that I need to be when it comes to making sure that I'm dealing with contractors and advertising agencies and media buyers and all those kind of people. So that's not in my wheelhouse. However, when you are starting out, you have to wear so many different hats. So slowly over time, I've been able to get more into my feminine as I can relax and release into that. Now, even if you don't have a husband or a partner or a CEO that can handle the masculine side of things, you can still do that and redefine what that means for you. Because I think that the term femininity makes it sound like it's not strong, but it is. It's so strong and you can use that, right? So... And then the haters. Oh, my goodness. So 
when my Goldcast video went viral that was documenting yeah. my Tell story. Tell people just briefly that sure. was your story. Yeah. So, uh, was, how many millions of views did you get? Eighty million. It was to do with your actually being physically abused, wasn't it? It was. So we partnered with Goldcast that produce viral videos of celebrities and and uh, public figures. And they were really interested in sharing my story. And so I recorded this speech. It was six hours of recording that went down to like this six-minute speech that documented my journey. And so what was really fascinating about this and actually was the catalyst, and I've got it it here to be the love, which just came out in paperback, um, the book that didn't do so well, was because I wrote the book based on, based yet. (laughs) And thank you for catching that. That's really, that's good. (laughs) I'm I'm open to all possibilities with that, by the way. Yeah. Um, the catalyst for writing that book was because of the haters. So it had such a mixed uh-huh. reaction. What was incredible was the stories that were stepping forward of, you know, how amazing I am to have the courage to walk away from a 10-year toxic, violent relationship. And then there were the people that would say, why are you so stupid? Why would you stay for 10 years? Wow. Uh, what were your parents doing? Your parents are low lives. Like they were going to town on insulting my Ooh. parents. And and even my ex-husband, they were saying things like, this man needs to be, you know, like insert violent act here. And so wow. I wasn't prepared. And this is hundreds of thousands of comments. And so I would spend full days going through trying to change their mind, trying to prove myself, trying to make yeah. it okay. Because as a people pleaser, as a former people pleaser, I just wanted to make everything okay. It was their projection of, no, 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 I don't want you to think that about me. That's not me. You're on the wrong track. So again, comfortable with uncertainty, I had to develop such thick skin. And now I love it when somebody comes forward. I'm not inviting it, by the way. It's not activated in my field. But when they do come through, very rarely, I just say thank you because it doesn't matter. And I think that the fear of the rejection and the haters is what holds a lot of people back, especially some of your listeners that might be waiting for that perfect time because they'll be like, well, I couldn't take that. I want you to see beyond that because you can. And I had to realize that my mission is so much more important than what somebody else thinks of me. <laughs> that must have been quite a barrage with 80 million views, I mean. It was, I mean, so many amazing opportunities came yeah. from like speaking and, I'm sure and then the book, the book deal and well. yeah, yeah. And so the, the book deal came from that. But the book is about self-responsibility because even though that was a fantastic video documenting my story, it's only a very small part of the story. Hold the book up the and, and give it a bit sure. of a plug. Let's change sure. its fortunes. Let's hear it's about to change its fortunes. So this is, this is Be the Love. It's one woman's journey from fear to freedom. It just came out in paperback. Um, And it is about the seven ways in the book that you can take self-responsibility because what I didn't realize is that I had a lot of disowned violence within myself that I hadn't processed from the relationship. And that was bleeding through into my current marriage that I nearly lost because I wasn't willing to work on myself, even as a manifestation teacher. So I had to be brutally honest. I nearly lost my marriage writing this book because it was so cathartic. I went to such deep places, like raw, honest, going back to childhood, childhood issues and traumas, my eating disorders, the miscarriages, everything that culminated to me not feeling comfortable in my own body is in that book. And then how I got back to being grounded and in my body, which I think is one of the most important things, especially in the spiritual self-help space, 
where we're, a lot of us tend to be so in our heads that we need to anchor into these beautiful bodies that we have. Yeah, amazing. Wow, gosh, that's a lot. It is a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, lot, lot. Okay, um, talking of Be The Love, I yeah. am a huge believer in journaling and I have thought many times about bringing out a journal uh, for Oracle Cards because I create journals for myself and I note things down. I've just never got around to it. Let's see your gorgeous oh, journal. So I don't have the the original ones. There's a gold and a silver one, but we're coming out with this limited collection. This is the deal. Some people will be journal. listening on the podcast, so we better tell them. I'm listening. Doing. Okay, so these, okay, that's that's a good catch there. <laughs> so these are the Dear Universe journals, and they're actually in different colors, and they have different meanings. So depending on what you want to manifest, you can choose a color. So we thought that bringing the meaning into it really helps people to focus on what they want to manifest. Yeah. So we have this one, which is like it's a magenta color. And that one, for example, helps you to manifest passion. So the way oh. it works, and I'll open one up here. It's a morning and evening ritual. So you have a, oh, there we go, the stuff falls out. There's a connection ritual in the morning. So you start your day off with morning invocation, what you're grateful for, how you wish to feel, your number one intention for the day, and then your affirmation. So it's all about connecting with the universe. Because yes, your thoughts and your feelings and your actions manifest your reality, but it's connection to the universe and to that higher power that really brings it home. And I yeah. think that this is so often overlooked in the self-help space. And then in the evening, so you want to reflect on all of the ways that you connected with the universe that day, your highlights and your manifestations. So it's small bite-sized manifestations, so you can record them. And then how you're feeling now, that emotional check-in, and what would make tomorrow wonderful. So if you're putting that down just before you go to sleep at night, you're actually programming your subconscious mind and the universe to deliver the next day. And then uh, the evening invocation. So really declaring what you want to manifest. And what we've seen so far in the last year since we've been um, offering these journals, magical transformations for people that were really anxious and overwhelmed. And it's like that that safety net to make you feel like you're being heard by the universe. Because so often we set those intentions and then what happens? Oh, I, I did the ritual. I did the thing. And then there's nothing there. But you need that consistent manifestation habit to yeah. keep your vibration at a steady level. So it's yeah. easy to. It takes less than five minutes a day. Right. Beautiful. So, Sarah, um, a question as well. We talked about your books. I'm sure we mm-hmm. talked about my book a bit probably. What other manifestation teachers do you love? The person I keep thinking of is Neville Goddard. Do you know him? Mm-hmm. Yes. I yes. feel like he's knocking on my head right now as if to say, uh, talk about me. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I love Neville Goddard. There are so many. I mean, there's another thing as well. There's another element is the the forgotten women of new thought. I feel like, especially if you've watched the movie The Secret, they use all of those quotes from the famous men, you know, throughout yeah, history true. that said the things about law of attraction. But there are so many women uh, Florence Scovel Shin, who wrote the number game of one. Life and how to play it. She's a classic. And literally, if you're listening to this and you haven't read The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scovel Shin, read it along with Be the Love. Yeah. So, what we did actually is we had a lot of New Thought teacher quotes on every single page of the journal. So, we have uh, Prentice Mulford, who actually was born here in Sag Harbor, where I'm living right now. Okay. He wrote Your Forces and How to Use Them. So, a lot of my. Um, inspiration that I get from teachers are from the past 
which has been really helpful because it's those timeless classics that can really stand that test of time. Yeah, and there's a reason why. Anyone else? So we've, I, I'd like to. I'd like to know two more. Any two more? Two people? more. Dyer, Sarah Prout. That oh, we I loved then... Wayne Wayne Dyer's work. I loved Wayne. He was he was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful man. Yeah, and Louise Hay, of course. Louise Hay, okay, beautiful. That's a great. That's a great list of five people for people to be getting on with and reading. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so I mean, it's easy to find Sarah on on the internet. There's only one Sarah Prout, as far as I'm aware. Uh, so sarahprout.com and Sarah's on Facebook and Instagram. You went off TikTok. I feel like you went back on. I did a little bit. Um, my ads agency said that it might be helpful. <laughs> so. <laughs> right. We'll see. Let's see how that heart? works. Out. Is your heart on Instagram or Facebook or? Oh, my heart is definitely not on any social platform. I love uh. Substack. Substack has actually been probably where I've been spending the most amount of time. So okay. you can follow me, uh, sarahprout.substack.com. And okay. that's when I've been blogging because there's a community there. It's not censored, it's not mercy to the algorithm. And it's a place where you can just share pieces of wisdom and build community. Which reminds me of one other question I did want to ask you before we go. One of the ways that you also shine is in your marketing. Your marketing is always beautiful, on point, you know, it's never salesy and all that. And I remember, I'm sure you know Denise Duffield-Thomas. Oh, yeah, I love Denise, yeah. Yeah. So Denise and I were talking about marketing and manifesting one day and she was like, Yasmin, marketing is manifesting. And I'm like, I agree. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Because, again, a lot of people listening who want to launch themselves as healers or whatever, they mm-hmm. don't want to get up and say, buy my book, you know? You have to. Uh, you have to get over yourself because it is doing a disservice to the people that are manifesting you right now. And I think that there are so many right. people out there that are waiting for your offerings. They're waiting for your words of wisdom. They're calling you in from like the furthest corners of the universe. And so you have a duty of care. And it it really is about dismantling the ego and being willing to do that. And there was like a giant quantum leap for me when 80 million people saw me crying on camera, like (laughs) sniveling and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, if I can do that, I can do anything. And I believe that you guys can do that too. Beautiful. All right. Well, Sarah Prout, thank you so much. Everybody, Sarah Prout, she's amazing. Check her out, sarahprout.com and buy all her stuff. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Mainly Moonology podcast. If you want to take Moonology to the next level and manifest the life of your dreams, join our growing community of magical people who come together to lift each other up as we meditate, manifest and reclaim the magic that has been inside us all along. Head over to mainlymoonologymembership.com and awaken your true powers.